Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in today. Today is March 11th, 2015. We're going to have a great show, and I certainly hope everybody will stay tuned in. We have with us today Dr. John Crew. And our subject today is flesh-eating disease, the treatment for it. Um, there's several names for it, and we will get into that in a minute. Dr. Crew has been a leading surgeon with Seton Medical Center for over 27 years. Um, that medical center is located outside San Francisco, and they're one of the few facilities that have actually come up with an advanced treatment for flesh-eating disease. Dr. Cruz is going to be teaching us vital information about this. And um, by the time we're through with this program, we're very hopeful that listeners will tell other people about this wonderful advanced treatment. So now let me bring onto our show Dr. John Crew. Dr. John Crew, are you there? Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> Depending on where you are. I'm so glad to be here today. Oh, we're we're really honored that um you're able to take time like this out of your busy schedule. I always start my show out by asking my guest, how did you get on the path that you're on today? I did that because we had been working with a substance called neutrophase, which is hypochlorous acid and uh, treating wounds with it. I uh, started a wound care center at Seton Hospital uh, in Daly City and uh, many years ago, and we started using this. And then finally, uh, somebody came up with necrotizing fasciitis, which is the term we must use for it because that, that's what the government pays for. Uh, necrotizing fasciitis, and we started treating her and found out that uh, in the process of treating her, she was sterile. She did not have any beta strep, and uh, we were still winning, and I didn't know why. And so we went back to the lab and tested for it and found out that uh, the nature of the hypochlorous acid is not only antibacterial, but it is anti-inflammatory. And by that, we saved this dear lady's arm, and I'm just so excited to get on the trail to try to tell people that this is something real. It really is. Why don't you start by telling us what is it and 
how does one end up with this? The common term of it is necrotizing fasciitis. Actually, in 400 BC, it was discovered and called erysipelas, but all through the centuries it's been present and it's been taking lives or limbs and causing terrible problems up to the surgical end of Lister when he started realizing that one of the reasons why he was having trouble was bacteria. And so they went from there um, to surgically excising all this disease. And what you see is somebody in terrible pain that has skin that's affected. Sometimes it has uh, lumps or bumps on it a little bit, or funny, it's a wound. And you realize that you have something very deadly and we subs we say that the body is learning inside to digest itself and that's what's so painful so this dear lady let me uh, treat her arm with this and we went back to the lab and found out that uh, hypochlorous acid or neutrophase is anti-inflammatory and shuts off phase two of wound healing and that's what you have to understand to know that you can care for this. It's not just cutting it away, it's neutralizing it, and that is the key. So does it works from the inside out? Is that how it works? Yeah, it works, well, It's uh, you put it in the wound uh, in some fashion. We use a wound vac, which uh, is a little sponge you put on a wound to suck the bad stuff out, and uh, mm-hmm. put a little catheter in underneath that, and we irrigate with neutrophase, um, and in doing so, we can introduce it into the character of wound healing. Um, Hypochlorous acid, as HOCl, is the exact substance that God has created inside a bacteria to kill a, inside a white cell to kill a bacteria. So mm-hmm. when the white cell eats a bacteria, it kills it with hypochlorous acid, and it is totally non-toxic. You could drink it, you could put it in your eye, you could put it in all your wounds. It won't harm any human living cells but it will kill any bacteria. Even the terrible uh, India bacteria, uh, it will kill it. So that's the exciting Mm -hmm. part about it. So in killing it then, we didn't realize that uh, we also neutralize the inflammatory process, and that's phase two in wound healing, and that's extremely important to understand to know what you're doing. Hmm. So to put it into um, a layman's, um, view, anyone can contact this particular bacteria. Um, you could scratch yourself. You could um, have a bicycle accident and end up with a wound. Is that kind of how it could happen? Yes, and actually 30 40% of people, we never find out how it got in there. But all of a sudden, you have somebody with what we call necrotizing fasciitis. Um, And so that is not the uh, disease process itself. That is the trigger that sets it apart. Yeah, that's a trigger. That starts it. The infection starts it. Bacteria release toxins, uh, Mm -hmm. kills cells. Cells release cytokines and and Ah, various kinds of toxins to kill themselves because they're damaged. And that's the inflammatory process. That's what you have to know. Okay. Very, very interesting. 
So the um, apparently there's four phases of wound healing. Very what are important. they, and why is it important? And why is it important? Very important to understand how wounds heal. All wounds heal by four stages. The first stage is wounding, and that's when you cut yourself or whatever, and bacteria enter. You also have a release of platelet growth factors and things that go on in the wound to try to stop up the bleeding. Stage two is when this is infected, um, is inflammatory. We call it inflammatory because that's the process God has created in, to heal a wound, and it has to get rid of the garbage. And so you're released all of this toxins. There's many toxins. So we have a cytokine storm is what we call it. Cells release some of these cytokines, and uh, what they do is kill marginal cells, and it fixes it. So then the big white blood cells, the monocytes, can come in as garbage collectors and get rid of all the cells that are dead and all the trash that's dead. And then they leave, and in comes the third phase, which is the the uh, uh, um, re, uh, way that uh, this, the, the wound itself, the fibrocytes come in, and we call it regeneration because they're the uh, cells that come in, secrete the glue we call collagen, and put the wound back together. And the final phase is remodeling when the skin comes across the top and shuts everything off. Those are the four phases. And what you have to understand, if you're going to say this is necrotizing fasciitis or toxic inflammatory mm -hmm. cellulitis or flesh-eating bacteria or gas gangrene or immunocompetence or Fournier's gangrene, those are all names which describe a disease process. What it is is toxic inflammatory cellulitis, and that is the process to get rid of the bad stuff, and this is incredibly painful. This is probably the worst pain mm. you can ever get into. Hmm. What happens in phase two if it becomes frozen? Right. What you say is by frozen, it means everything stops in phase two of wound healing and what happens is all this digests cells and then it starts digesting good cells and cells around that aren't harmed and you can't seem to stop it um, and and that is the character of it so I, I, I described it as frozen in phase two you can't get out of it your body by its adjacent immunology or the immunocompetence that happens the white blood cells can't do their job, and there's a toxic uh, uh, material that is dead cells and a cytokine storm that is released. And it's not pus. It, it consists of a lot of dead bacteria, but more dead cells. And what the body is trying to do to get rid of it, and it tells you it's there, because this is uh, 15 out of 10 pain. Pain is so severe uh, that you seek help. And uh, by seeking help, and when you look at it, you'll make an incision. I did one today, make an incision into this area, and out comes stuff that looks like dirty dishwater, not big uh, pus, as we call it, that is mostly white blood cells that are dead, but uh, dirty dishwater because it's cellular death. And when you see that, uh, you put your finger in and realize that the skin is no longer attached to this fascia underneath. All that is gone. And that's where we did, are able to diagnose it as toxic inflammatory cellulitis. Wow. 
it, it really sounds complex. Yes, it does, and it is an incredibly complex, but so is uh, the creation of wound healing. That's an extremely complex thing because when the substance comes in that makes the toxic uh, inflammatory cellulitis or the inflammatory phase, then in comes some things that neutralize the inflammatory effect of it chemically, uh, and all of a sudden the white blood cells get strength back and they come in, do their job, and then the repairing or regeneration can come in and do its job. So this is incredibly complex. Uh, cells talk to each other chemically, um, and uh, um, the body system recognizes what's going on chemically, uh, and certainly with pain fibers to tell you that this really is uh, hurts. That's the key, and the, the key to wound healing, and unless you conquer that, you will lose. It really is a whole different way to to manage such a life threatening uh, disease. It it really is, um, and yes. what you've come up with is is amazing. We think that in we the were, um, if you look at the, the disease process itself, seventy eighty percent of untreated people will die. You will actually digest yourself. Active treatment of uh, this brings it down maybe if you're good to 10, 20% of it, but 20 or 30% of those people will lose a limb or some major portion of their anatomy because of this. And it takes one, two years of healing to get it hooked back together and uh, grafted. Toxic inflammatory cellulitis is what we call this. Necrotizing fasciitis are just other names for this term. But there's a term called toxic shock, TSST, and when that comes on, that's from toxins released by bacteria and by the cells that puts your whole system in jeopardy, and it seems like that it uh, gives you uh, a shot enough so that uh, I had the first patient I treated passed out in the emergency room and had to be resuscitated. The mortality of that is upwards of 50% untreated, so you have to get on that right away. That's one of the keys in how to recognize it. Terrible pain, loss of blood pressure, um, and, and, and areas that you can touch that are not only tender but hurt with tremendous passion. Yes, um, before before we came on the air, you and I were talking about how I had heard about toxic shock syndrome a long time ago, um, and it was related to young women using tampons. Yes. It was really, really big in the news. Oh, yes, and that's really uh, that's a terrible if you leave a tampon and forget it and die from it. That's a terrible thing, uh, and mm-hmm. but we look at it as uh, uh, something that you have to get rid of in the body, saying get rid of it, but it can't handle it down there, and so uh, this is really what you need. But these are um, bacterial exotoxins, T cells, pro-inflammatory cytokines, all kinds of things, uh, matrix metalloprotease, just some fancy names to uh, scare you to death. Uh, but these are all <laughs> functional factors that uh, are doing the damage uh, with all this. Dr. Crew, do you have a program wherein you you can um, go to conferences and teach other physicians about how to treat this disease? That's what I'm dying to do, so to speak, uh, because uh, people don't know about it. They don't know that this is frozen in phase two, and if you just treat it with back, with uh, antibiotics, 
which we've only had around for 70, 80 years. Um, and they do a good job in killing many of the bacteria. But if you get in the real bad bacteria, the, the uh, MRSAs and uh, the superbug from India and things like that, we don't have antibiotics that will kill that. Those are keys uh, to all this. But this is only a trigger. And this is what you have to understand is it's a trigger that sets in motion the fire that is going to burn things up if you can't neutralize it. That's really where we uh, gain our strength is understanding that. I just I was fortunate enough to go down to uh, Tulane and give a conference at the Surgical Center and to the University of Mississippi, both of which uh, accepted me. But uh, I can tell you there's many doctors throughout the land that haven't heard of this don't know what it's by, like and only know what they've read that you cut it out is the method by treating it. And so when some a doctor calls them from uh, Daly City or San Francisco and says, I have an answer for it, they say, right. Um, but what they're notified with, and the difficult part is the family has found out about it, has uh, got online and gone to NNFF, or National Necrotizing Fasciitis Foundation, and there Jackie or Donna are the two gals that kind of run it. Um, they are now call me immediately, and I immediately call the patient's family who activated this and ask them, please send me pictures, tell me about it, let me talk to your surgeon. I need to talk to your surgeon because you can't just start treating somebody in a hospital that's never heard from you. And and I'd say probably 50, 60% of the surgeons that I talk to will say, oh, let's do it because it's for the patient's benefit. Um, some will say, well, what are the downsides or what are the harmful potential? Because everything seems as a double-edged sword that uh, you cut where you want to cut, but you cut something else in the same time. So as a double-edged sword, there's got to be something goes wrong with it. I said, yes, uh, the downside of this is you won't use it, and you can use it and stop it. There is no toxicity to this. It doesn't kill cells. It doesn't hurt anything. Um, I can put it in my eye for conjunctivitis or put it in your mouth for canker sores or things like that. Uh, and uh, uh, this is it's safe. And so this is the downside. So somebody's calling and telling you what to do. They don't like it. People don't like it. I'm a big shot mm -hmm. surgeon. I don't like somebody telling me I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and that's essentially what you have to come to if you're going to treat it right. But the, but the major aspect of this is the patient. The patient mm -hmm. will benefit from it. The patient will stop hurting, and the patient will eventually heal. And that's what has to be, that you're interested more in the patients than my ego that tells me I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Dr. John Crew. He has a fascinating treatment for toxic inflammatory cellulitis, or the layman's term would be flesh-eating gangrene. Um, by the way, listeners, um, when our program is over, um, it will immediately go into podcast, and it will be available on iTunes. Let's, um, let's ask some questions that are from the audience's perspective. 
um, when you have a wound, why can't you use peroxide or iodine to heal it? That's a very good point because my mother, my grandmother used peroxide and iodine. That's all they had back then. What you are dealing with now is we know what this is. We know peroxide damages the endothelial cells, the small cells that are necessary for regeneration. So does iodine. And so we don't like either one of those in wounds. We would rather have something that won't hurt the wound as it kills the bacteria and what's necessary and allows it to heal. But all over the world, people paint and paint uh, pre-surgically prep uh, patients with iodine and things like that, and so that's okay. But when you get down into the wounds and things like that, we don't like iodine or uh, things like that at all. And um, if the only use for peroxide occasionally in a wound is if you'll have an infected wound with a lot of pus, you put in peroxide, it boils it out. So it turns into bubbles and boils it out. Uh, well, that's a, a functional mm-hmm. way of irrigating it out, getting rid of it. But but these two mm-hmm. things are very toxic. There are a lot of things that are toxic to the wound. Uh, and you have to think about that. If you're going to heal a wound, stay away from them. So what should you use? The use in the wound itself, uh, we, we irrigate it out, and then we put in hypochlorous acid um, or neutrophase. Uh, as uh, an important adjunct in not only irrigating the wound, which is what it's FDA approved for, irrigating an infected wound, um, but um, but, uh, uh, we do keep it moist. So you can't let a wound dry. You can't let the sun get on it. You can't get, please Uh don't let air get on a wound. It must always be covered uh, and kept uh, free from that. So these are just basically wound healing principles that we do. You must get rid of the dead tissue. There's uh-huh. dead tissue in the wound, and we do that, what we call debreeding uh, in a wound center. You have to get rid of the fibrin that is comes from fibrinogen that has kind of coated the wound. That's the yellow stuff in there. We get rid of all scabs because underneath the scab can lie a whole nest of bacteria with what we call biofilm, which is the house that bacteria live in to protect themselves from the nasty antibiotics and topical stuff. So we get rid of that as much as we can. Those are all factors in wound healing and pretty well understood. But this part is new. So as a as a layperson that ends up with a wound, if you you um have stated peroxide's not a good idea, iodine's not a good idea, would just a topical uh gel antibiotic be better for someone who, who doesn't have the um the ability to get your neutrophase? Yes, yes, uh, and we do that. There's all kinds of wound. I once had a talk that had 95 uh, slides in it, and they were all different kinds of things you put in wounds, on wounds, around wounds, and stuff like that. And people say, well, how can you figure all this out? And uh, it's motivated mm-hmm. by uh, people that make uh, different kinds of things and want to tell you uh, how they're, how great they are. So uh, wounds, number one, you have to deal with the infection. Number two, you have to clean them out of the necrotic tissue. Number three, it has to be an environment that will allow the little cells, the little fibrocytes to come in and start bringing in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. necessary healing path. And then, and then certainly uh, when you get it through that way, then the skin will grow over the top of it. Those are the phases of wound healing, and that's really what you have to fulfill. But it's not easy because um, neutrophase doesn't penetrate tissue and go all through your system and clean out your system. Nope. It only is topical and touches where you want it to, and that's uh, part of the key. 
Hmm, okay. Well, that's that's really valuable information. Um, now, how many years did it take for Nutra phase to actually um, come into the um, healing aspect? Well, that's interesting your, because, uh, yeah, it, um, if you want to look back by history and just about 1900, uh, Dakin's solution was discovered. And Dakin's solution consists of both hypochlorous acid and sodium hypochlorite, or bleach. And that was used for a long time. In fact, is uh, I've used it when you're desperate to kill the uh, bacteria in a wound and don't have anything else. Um, but when the uh, people that worked with Nutrophase and learned to make it so it lasts on a shelf for a couple years if you don't uncork it or uncap it, um, and uh, found out that uh, if you keep the pH about 5 or 6, then that takes away all the sodium hypochlorites, which is bleach, and just leaves pure hypochlorous acid. This is what you want. It's not toxic to any cells, and uh, it can be used in that fashion. So. And did you discover it? Did I discover, well, a uh, long time ago, about, so I guess, 13, 14 years ago, um, a, a chemist called me up uh, who had been working a little bit with hypochlorous acid and said, I have this stuff for you. Uh, I'd like you to see if you could use it on your wounds. Um, oh. And uh, in doing so, um, I was the sixth wound care uh, chief uh, of, of wound care that he'd called, and nobody else would see him. And I said, sure, bring it over, let's look at it. So we did, looked at it, um, started to use it in uh, in an experimental way. Uh, initially, you see if there's any toxicity to it, and then you put it into prospective randomized controlled double-blind studies and, and see if uh, you can figure out without you uh, um, forming the opinions, uh, something that works. And so we started using it on wounds probably 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Um, but we used it as an antibacterial irrigant, uh, which it was very effective at, and it did help us. But uh, <laughs> this is a whole new paradigm. And uh, huh. when we discovered why toxic necrotizing fasciitis is so deadly and frozen in phase two of wound healing and this takes it out of phase two and puts it into phase mm -hmm. three then it's a whole new ball game from this standpoint because these people are so ill Mhm, mm mhm. have you seen any adverse um adverse effects using it on anyone at all yes the adverse effect as i told you is you don't use it you didn't use it when you could have used it and saved somebody's okay. limb or life. And so that's the only adverse effect that I know of. You didn't We've use been using it for some time. So That's that's a great answer. I like that. <laughs> what what if it was accidentally ingested? Would it do anything? No, if you ingest it, it no, it'll just neutralize. It is saline, pure saline, or the normal saline that we uh, serve things up in and give medicines with and things like that, with a small amount, maybe 100 parts to 300 parts per million of hypochlorous acid. Uh, oh. And then when it's out released into tissue or things like that, then the effective part of it is a chlorine uh, disappears, and you just have saline. You can drink saline. You can put it on any sure. in your eye sure. or wherever you want. The bottom doesn't hurt you. Uh-huh. And so uh -huh. that's yeah, saline is the byproduct 
of the okay. of the solution which uh, degenerates. Ah. Now I'm I'm thoroughly understanding the contents. What are your results in your hospital and abroad with this um within say the past couple of years? Yeah, about two and a half, almost three years ago, um, uh, in, uh, I treated my first case of this, and uh, I went back into the hospital records and looked and found uh, um, uh, several cases that uh, had been treated. I didn't treat them, but other people treat them, and out of that, uh, nine cases, uh, uh, four, two died, and, uh, and one lost, and two, I think two lost their limbs. So that oh. it was not a good outcome from that standpoint. So I looked up my cases at that time. We had six or seven, I guess. Uh, and uh, as we've gone along, we got up to now I have about 14 cases at, at our hospital. And I can tell you a lot of them I wouldn't recognize or, uh, because it is difficult to recognize it. But out of those 14 cases and out of the people all over the United States and Hawaii, that have used the paradigm, and it's a very important paradigm uh, that we've uh, used as treatment. We haven't lost mm-hmm. a limb or a life. That doesn't mean we're not going to because this, you get this in all stages of the disease. And if you give me somebody that um, has lost a major part of that, lost their kidneys, lost, uh, got pneumonia and things like that, uh, it doesn't magically bring you back. In other words, it doesn't restore sure. uh, inevitable problems. So, uh, but out of all these cases, and there are probably 35, 36 cases, I guess, all of the United States and here, we haven't lost a limb or a life. Um, we've had a couple that Pretty lost uh, their kidney easy. function to some degree, and so uh, there are side effects to it, but uh, uh, there are side effects to toxic shock. All your fingers and your toes fall off if you have a blood pressure oh. that won't sustain them. So these are all oh. kind of things that happen, but... Uh, uh, uh-huh. We're really excited about it, and, and I feel we have something that can help you if you get it. And uh, anywhere in the United mm-hmm. States, I mm-hmm. have the gal that works for me uh, has uh, several little boxes, and they're all ready to go with uh, <laughs> with the with the uh, Nutriface in it and some instructions and things like that. So if you call me from Timbuktu and tell me that uh, uh, you have it because your doctor says you did or they've operated and they say you have it and your doctor will use it, and please show me it. I'll send it to you immediately, and it won't cost you anything. We'll give it We'll send it to you free. That's what the Novavay Pharmaceuticals Company has decided to do. And so uh, oh, they will wonderful. mail it to you free to use it if we can stop toxic inflammatory cellulitis. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can contact you um, in order to um, get more information or the product um, if it, you know, for their physicians, et cetera. Yes, we have it and have it ready to go. We've got probably six or eight videos we can send you. I can send you the paper. So the website, we what's the website? What's uh, the, the website, website uh, my my uh, email site is jcrewmd at mm-hmm. att.net. Okay. Um, and the then the Nova, website? If you can look it up, Nova Bay Pharmaceuticals. They have a website, novabay.com. Um and you can look up there. You can uh, go on the website and look up NFF 
which is Jackie Romilly, and she's written a book on it. I'm writing a small book on it, and we're trailing hers. I, I don't know if you read some of it, but... Uh, no, uh, I, I did. I did. It's very it's, insightful. Uh, it's we put together, uh, so we want to get... You can get hold of any right. of us uh, this way. Okay. Uh, is there a, phone, a direct phone number? A direct phone number? My direct phone number is 650-994-2700. That's my office. Okay. Okay, excellent. Well, do you have anything else that you would like to add? I think we pretty much covered everything. You're an excellent guest to interview. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, uh, I just want to say that it's been tough to get out mm-hmm. to the open, and that's why your program is so valuable because it'll trigger people to go the right direction and find out how to do it. Then we have to. If we can, teach the doctors or train the doctors or some way and show them the paradigm of healing of this, uh, of stopping mm-hmm, it, basically mm-hmm. stopping it, um, and uh, allow that to get out because uh, it's, it's, there's people have it all over the United States, and I've seen quadriplegic, I mean, uh, quad, quad amputations, uh, um, partial amputations and things like that come in all the time. I had one patient that had... Oh. A BK amputation, I had a foot amputation and a BK amputation. They called me about it. I told them I'll send them the stuff if your doctor will use it. Um, she went ahead and did an AK amputation, and when they failed at that, finally the doctor used it and stopped it, and, uh, and were able to uh, uh, give her a, give her a healing AK amputation. So uh, it's getting doctors to recognize what it is. It's not infection, but it's. Mm-hmm frozen in phase two and when they realize that then you can cut out all you want but uh, our new paradigm uh, we're trying to introduce is that you don't excise all the bad skin and all the bad fascia and then hope that you can get to the end of it what you do is make multiple incisions and if you see that's what you have then you irrigate them under a wound vac with um, hypochlorous acid uh, or HOCL, and uh, that's our method by stopping it. That's what we call the new paradigm, and it's uh, uh, we just are so excited about it. Uh, not only does it help that, to stop this, but it it takes uh-huh. away the pain, and the pain is devastating. It, it, it almost it it sounds like to me, from a layperson's point of view, that you're you're going above the wound and making those incisions. And then oh. um, treating that area, so yeah, that you make so that a new wound. Actually, can't, you, you can't, cut into the skin and go, go down go, into where it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, because so this is mostly underneath the down. skin. Yeah, it's underneath the skin. Yeah, uh, you don't come mm-hmm. in with big open wounds. Uh, those mm-hmm. they drained, but uh, when they come yeah, in, so it's like you're creating said, a. It's yeah, like you're creating a border around it. Is that correct? Yeah, the border around it. A clean border around it to stop it. Well, you have to stop it at its source, and its major source is the subcutaneous tissue. That's what is eaten mm-hmm, up, and mm-hmm. that's what dies so quickly and has no power to uh, contain itself. You know, and that's I, what connects I, the skin I, to the fascia. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I remember when my son was on a baseball team, his coach had a wound on his foot, and yeah. within that week's time, when he was hospitalized, he died. And I just remember how how what a shock it was yeah. to think that he had a wound on his foot and he died from it. It's it, a healthy it, you young know, person 
couldn't get it. This gal that I first treated got it on her elbow. She didn't even hardly see the place where she got it. But mm-hmm. let me tell you, when she got it, it was devastating. And she's willing to come around and, and show people how she started all. She's the light of my life with necrotizing fasciitis, is that she's the one that pointed us the right way and uh, allowed us to see how we can really help it. Yeah, she's kind of like the pioneer of the treatment she's protocol. A tr- yeah, she's, a, she's my treasure because uh, mm-hmm. that's how it got us on the right uh, track. And oh. that's so important. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show, Dr. John Crew. We've really learned a lot. I know I have. And um, I just want to remind the listeners that you can you can get this interview. It will go into podcast. It will be available on iTunes. And it also will be available on Blog Talk Radio, Health Media Now. Thank you, Dr. Crew, And I wish you the, the, the very best with getting this word out about this wonderful treatment that you have. Thank you, and thank you to all your wonderful people that listen to your uh, talks each each week. It's just uh, tremendous that I can have the privilege of being there and talking about it a little bit and maybe getting this started to save some lives. That's what we're after. That's what our mission is for you as well. Thank Thanks you. so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, We'll be having another great show next Wednesday at 4 p.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, please be happy, be well, and tune in soon. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at KnowledgeWorksPub.com. Be sure to visit GotCancerNowWhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? We just want to remind you that the entire contents of this radio show are based upon the opinions of Denise and her guest. It's not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional of your choice. And we encourage you to make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with your qualified healthcare professional. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration.